Babe. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Babe. I thought I was leaving. I thought I was done. But I guess a babe's work is never done. So I'm doing a bit of a different vibe. I'm doing what I like to call wellness checks on people because we're all pretty much quarantined right now. And we need a wellness check every once in a while. So I would like to welcome my first guest to Babe Wellness Checks, Hannah Burner. I didn't know I was the first one, and now I'm so honored. This conversation just got so much better. <laughs> the pressure's on. Can you handle it? <laughs> you know, I've, I haven't felt pressure in a couple weeks, so this is good. This will make me feel alive. <laughs> How are you doing, first and foremost? I'm doing well. I honestly... Even though a lot of my career is like putting myself out there, I'm a pretty introverted person socially. Mm-hmm. Like I like having one to two girlfriends, maybe a boy toy here or there, and I don't really like going out ever. <laughs> so I'm kind of thriving despite like all the f- scary things happening. The day to day for me is actually like I'm not like, oh, I need to go run a marathon. Like I've never had that urge in my life. Yeah, I'm like... I'm kind of taking things on a day by day basis, too. And it's interesting to see like, how much my mood shifts from day to day, like, a couple like a few days ago, I was like, very darked out and like starting to edge into like depression. And then today, I'm just like pissed off. Yeah, you're gonna (laughs) have bad days and you kind of have to accept it. It's funny, the day that I I heard I actually was in LA for a week and then I went to San Francisco. I had some stand up shows, did a bunch of podcasts, and then it was when I got back a couple of days later. And my mom was even joking, like, you shouldn't go to San Francisco. And I was like, You're a crazy lady. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the NBA shut down and that's when like it hit me and it was like midnight and I like was like, Mom, can you come pick me up? Like I needed to call my mom, but she yeah. was asleep. And I was talking to one of my friends, Andrew, and he's a hypochondriac, and he just made me more scared. And then I had like two days of depression sleeping because I think I knew like there's nothing I could do right now. I'm going to have to get back on the horse in a good mood. So like, let's be depressed now. So I had like two full sleeping days early on. And then now I'm like, but also... I'm sick of these memes that are like Shakespeare wrote, you know, all these plays during the plague and like Albert Einstein discovered the theory of relativity. Like if you weren't creative or smart before, you're not going to be smart now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm just doing me (laughs) and that's what I'm doing. I'm not putting pressure to like write a fucking screenplay right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like, this is a good chance to kind of structure my days a little bit, but also like my life from pre-quarantine to quarantine is not that different. Like, I wasn't going out that much to begin with. And so now there's just an excuse to not have to go out at all or even worry about like flaking on plans or missing out on anything. So it's kind of freeing in a lot of ways. Um, 100%. And I feel like I was behind on a lot of things. And now I've been able to be like, okay, why don't we look at my finances, maybe budget some stuff or like clean this room that I've never cleaned Mm -hmm. and like do things that I just felt too much anxiety about before and now i'm like i don't have to do anything else why don't we do those things that we're like no i get it like the best thing to do is kind of like just get organized right now because i feel like this will pass in a few months and then yeah we'll 
all be glad to be like, maybe have your taxes done. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I've always learned about anxiety is like it, your brain never stays the same and it's always nothing stagnant and everything's changing. And you kind of have to remember that even in our, you know, quarantine, we are every day our brains changing and things are changing and humans are very strong and at least we're in it together is kind of my positive spin on it. Yeah, I love that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So you're quarantining, you're in Long Island right now. Yeah, so I have a studio apartment in in Queens, New York, and I'm actually like right outside of Manhattan, right over the East River, if you know New York City. And I was, it was just me and my cat doing our thing. Surprisingly, I was pretty prepared for the apocalypse. Like I set all these things on Amazon. Like when I first moved there, like a monthly shipment of like toilet paper and things that like I'm, I have so much toilet paper. It's insane. And, <laughs> and like just like cereal and popcorn. Cause I just like thought I would couldn't handle living alone so i had all these automated things so i was fine but then it's just like impossible to leave the apartment all the gyms were closed and my parents were like we're gonna drive out to long island which is basically like off of queens this long island that extends out from new york city where it's just like you have fresh air and i'm now in a house with my parents me my mom my dad my dad's in the basement my mom's in the living room i'm in my bedroom and we're chilling (laughs) are your parents divorced no they're together thank god (laughs) no they're just like working my mom's a prince like they're in the basement yeah (laughs) <laughs> my they're not speaking but they are married no they're um my mom's a principal of a middle school so she's like running a whole fucking school right now which is hilarious oh, yeah. and my dad is like he's in sales so he's been working remotely but i do feel fortunate right now um that i have a job i mean besides i was doing stand-up every night mm-hmm. but part of me is like you know what this is a time to to write or do other creative things. But the thing with creativity for people who are listening who are in creative fields is you can't force it. And a lot of the time, if I'm like internally screaming, it's like you can't make yourself do stuff. So it's like, just let your, listen to your body. When you get a creative, you know, um, inspiration, go for it. But that's how, that's how I work. Like I never, I can't force myself to like tweet funny things. It either comes to me or it doesn't. Yeah. You have to get in the zone. Like I was feeling like, all this pressure kind of at the beginning to be like what yeah what content am I gonna make like what yeah. am I gonna do but it's better like I feel like three or four showers in an idea <laughs> yeah. comes to you and then you're like okay that makes sense that feels good exactly like, I'm go this direction and then because the a meantime, forced idea is yeah. the worst idea mm-hmm. um Paige and I actually had been planning for a while to do a podcast together called Giggly Squad if anyone watches Summer House the first episode me and Paige were like giggling when Kyle was going on like a really long speech. The best. And your guys' friendship was- is like 
truly it's uh, it's how I feel like with my best friends and those closest to me that like level of lol where you guys can just like look at each other and make each other laugh and are just like having a good time with each other we were so excited to be back in the house like we were so excited we were at our first dinner we were drinking since four and it was like 10 (laughs) at that point we were just so happy and you know sometimes like the rest of the house can be like moody and they like have their like Kyle wanted to do this like serious speech about like the status of his relationship and we just like weren't having it <laughs> and he was trying to, he I started hysterically laughing when he was like most you know fiancés aren't as helpful in the wedding process as me and he was just like bragging about what a good fiance he is and I just like lost it in that moment <laughs> he's so like serious that it's like you cannot help but laugh at someone that just gets like into such a serious zone there's no way yeah like I couldn't and then if you tell either. me to be quiet like if you tell me like don't laugh it's harder not to laugh <laughs> He basically yelled. Yeah, he yelled and said, like, um, okay, giggly squad over there. And I was like, as a fuck you, or not even a fuck you, but I just think it's hilarious. I love that name and I'm going to take it. And we've been doing an Instagram live every night at 10 called the giggly squad where, like, she does her front page news and I, like, make fun of it. And, like, we just make fun of each other and things going on right now to try to add a little joy to the world. I love it. And you're doing your podcast, too, right? Yes, we have Burning in Hell, which is my mental health comedy podcast. And I think I want to turn Giggly Squad into a podcast. But Paige doesn't have a Zoom, so I gave her an Amazon link. And now she's like, it's not coming till April 21st. I go, okay, we need a logo. So we're keeping ourselves busy. But the point is, is it was an idea that we already had. And it kind of, I feel like this quarantine can kind of fast forward people who like didn't have an excuse who now don't have an excuse to start things they wanted to do but like don't just put out shitty content to put out shitty content is my only advice like do things that you actually are proud of still <laughs> don't just be like i need to put out a video yeah of me farting like take your time do or just exactly. like shit post i mean you gotta do what you gotta mm-hmm. do in this world and maybe there is a mm-hmm. fan for your weird fart content well uh, you're right i shouldn't have said that because my favorite thing is fart jokes and that was the first thing that came to mind of course but i'm just saying like put out stuff you're proud of and if putting out messy stuff is your process sure that's what i do on twitter but yeah um so what is your like day-to-day like right now like are you on a schedule are you just like flying by the seat of your pants like what's going on so i am a big sleeper like i'm consider myself a very hard worker but i was never like i'd watch the kevin hart documentary and he's like you gotta wake up at 6 a.m and i'm like i don't i don't do that because if i wake up at 6 a.m i'll need to nap by nine and then my day is fucked and then i'll nap again and then i stand up at like 11 p.m and i'll need a nap before that so anyway right now i fall asleep around one like i'm in bed by midnight and then i fuck around on i'm rotating right now watching tiktok videos and then on Instagram and then like managing my emails and messages and shit. And then I fall asleep, wake up around 11. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. We're I love honest that. Here. A good 10 this hour safe chunk. space. Yeah. I woke up at 12 today. I'm not gonna, I have to tell you guys that I did. I just, if my body wants it, I'm doing it. You know, when your body like knows there's nothing to happen. So it's like, yeah, we don't need to rush the process. And then waking up is a big, um, kind of, st- 
transition for me. I don't pop out of bed. I'm, I'm going to then be on my phone and basically do what I did while falling asleep for an hour. So go back on TikTok, go back on Instagram, figure out situation, check emails, check Twitter. And then once you're done doing that, you start over because there's new notifications and it's a, it's a sick cycle. Then I'm go I'm having my breakfast. I'm having right now Cheerios and some granola my mom made, which is nice of her. I ate that. And then I have some videos from old podcasts that I want to edit together. If I see a funny like trend going on, I might want to do it. I'm trying to go for at least one jog or walk or like yoga session, but like not, let's be honest, I'm not like going from zero to a hundred. It's a pretty chill workout, but it just makes me feel more alive. Yeah. I was going to ask like what your workout schedule is like. Cause I know that you're like very, you seem very athletic on summer house. Like you're always playing oh, tennis. You. And so I was like, yeah. I wonder how she's dealing with like restrictions around like going to work out. I think because I played my sport as like, I was forced to, I'm not one of those people now that's like, oh, I just need to run and I need to work out every day. Like I was forced to do that. So it's almost like a job to me. Mm-hmm. So I fully enjoy days that I don't have to do anything. And I feel like those days I also am less hungry because I'm not burning as many calories. But I do think as I'm 28, I'm getting older. I want to stay like strong and I don't want to be like saggy. So <laughs> I like, Fair. I'll do, I, <laughs> On my Instagram, I have some highlights of some really easy, fun, like home workouts where I'll just do like squats, some bicycle stuff, some planks. I think planks are great. But um, I do emotionally need to work out just a little to stay sane. Um, but I feel like don't put pressure on yourself right now in terms of like gaining five pounds, losing five pounds. Like we're in a, a pandemic <laughs> and <laughs> I'm telling you, it doesn't matter right now. You, you, what matters is your mindset. And if you feel anxious, sometimes, you know, doing a little home workout can actually distract your mind and quiet your mind. And that's why I like doing like chill, nice workouts. I don't need to be yelled at from like P90X or some psycho on YouTube. These Instagram lives, I like, good for these people doing it but like don't feel pressure too if you're not in the mood <laughs> yeah i've like i've gotten to a point because i panic but well what working out was like one of my biggest anxieties because i'm such a person that like needs to go to a class and have someone mm-hmm. like lightly yell or encourage me <laughs> tell me what exactly to do for exactly how much time or reps and so i was mm-hmm. doing this like stairmaster based workout class in los angeles Ooh, that's fun. It was really fun. And I was starting, it was like just at that point where I'd hit like the two month mark of doing the like Bunda journey challenge where you do like 20 classes in 30 days. And so after like killing myself for two months, I was starting to feel like, like my body was getting tight and I was feeling good. And then all of a sudden fucking Corona comes and like obliterates any opportunities to continue my Bunda journey. And so (laughs) I fucking like panic bought a stair stepper machine on Amazon for like 119 bucks. And so I've been like, just stair stepping in my room to like a playlist that I made. I basically recreated. Does it work? It works. It's great. It's like, truly like it's a good workout like i sweat wow i get hot sometimes i'll turn the heat up in my apartment so it gets even hotter so i sweat more and then i just like alternate between that and like resistance band like random shit that i find on instagram that people are doing 
I like stair stepping because you really just feel like you're kind of walking, but it's way harder. Mm-hmm. And like running, I'll get like shin splints or like fucking I don't know, my stomach hurts. Like yeah. <laughs> running, running destroys me. Wild. Yeah, it yeah. Like tears my hips to shreds, and then I'm like hobbling and, around. I can't do it. Yeah, and, th- and my oh my hips, and then the elliptical. You almost feel like. I never do it intensely because like you don't have to. <laughs> no, it's too easy to just like chill on the yeah. elliptical. So this stair machine yeah. is like cool because it's high it's on hydraulics. So it's kind of like an elliptical a bit it's like an elliptical stairmaster combo without any sort of arm movement. So you can kind of start to like dance on it a little bit. Oh my god, I wanna buy it. Yeah, so that's been fun. What's it called? It's like I'll send you the link um offline, okay. but uh, I just was like frantically searching Amazon. I was like, I have to find a way to continue my Bunda journey, and it well, might just you're right. be up sustaining to me. Sustaining is yeah, sustaining is easier. Yeah, than like falling out of it. So like anyone who's been working out well, it's it's easier to sustain and like just do a, a bit each day. Um, <laughs> we're all in this together. I know, and so it's also, but it also helps me with anxiety so much, and like I need yeah. an endorphin rush. Like I need that. I need a lot of endorphins, like to get through a week. So I have to kind of like stay on it and not let myself just like backslide into oblivion. It's just ironic that the endorphins have to come from you, like putting your body through pain. But that's I the know. life we live. That is, but it's good I that guess- you know that about yourself. Yeah, I've like, I've tried to fight it too. Like I've been like, I've given up working out for a while or like have fallen off and then tried to like, just eat healthy and like have that be enough. But it has, it's like such a, there's such a balance that comes with everything. And that has Mm -hmm. to just be incorporated into the mix. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I give into it. Mental health is like, my priority i think should be like most people's priority priority during this whether it's like with your work with your workouts with your eating just finding different ways that your mind can stay like stable um and then even like the corona anxiety all of us know like (laughs) i was joking like i walk up the stairs too fast and i have it's hard for me to breathe and i'm like fuck i have corona it's like no you're just out of shape (laughs) or like you know you feel a little headache and then you're searching online i think anxiety is actually like the worst thing for your health ever mm-hmm. so it's trying to stay calm we're all you know highly it's a highly contagious disease we all might get it so we have to kind of deal with that on top of everything yeah and i think like i'm now really into like taking kind of like a selfish approach of being like if i'm making sure that i'm okay like i'm doing the like self-isolation thing like social distancing i'm like Mm -hmm. making sure that i work out and like eat relatively healthy ish but like make sure that i'm good to go then i know that i can be like able to do what i need to do and then i know what i'm doing like helps other people so it's like by helping myself i actually am helping a lot of other people yeah and you're ultimately doing what you can control yeah and that is like the best thing you could do instead of worrying about like the trillions of things that are out of our control right now yeah like i was watching john mayer's instagram live last night and he (laughs) he made a king he made a really good point which was like you can control like what kind of content you're consuming and like you have a choice to like not you don't have to like look at 
like all the bad news that's going to be like flooding us in like the coming weeks. You don't have to like go down that path if you know that that's going to like fuck with you and make it really hard for you to just like do your thing. It's kind of okay to put blinders on and like look away from that stuff. Like you don't need it necessarily yeah. in your life. Yeah, people were telling me to stay off but of social like, media. Easier said than done. Yeah, but people were saying stay off of social, social media. Social media is and- hard. I've li- I've taken to like muting people left and right who I find yes. to be like distracting. It's kind of just been the best thing ever because certain people are babing the fuck out on Instagram in particular, and I'm like, I can't handle your energy right now. Yeah, muting people is my love language, and but also it's like. I think social media has helped me because I don't look at any of the news and instead I'm just looking at like my funny friends creating funny content and like inspiring me or like making me want to share it to my followers. So like I think everyone laughing about stuff right now has kept me sane. And if I was just like alone in my house, I would go to dark places. So like, yeah, there's a way to use social media for your benefit, but have the self-control to be like, that person triggers me. That news story triggers me. We don't need to go there. We don't need to get into that. Yeah. You can curate your own feed to like suit your needs. It's kind of amazing. And I was thinking the other, I was thinking yesterday, actually, I was like, thank God for social media right now, because like, how else would we be able to really like stay in touch with each other? Like it's kind of become such a tool. Yeah. Yeah. I have two or three people that I'll FaceTime every day. Um, I actually, I, it's a weird thing that I, cause I'm newly on reality TV mm-hmm. and it's this weird experience that once you're on a TV show, people start treating you a little differently as in like, they kind of want to be your friend mm-hmm. just cause you're on a show. And I realized that I like hate just random friends. Like I don't like peripheral friends. I don't like just like having people around to be around. Like I'm a kind of empathic person and I, I just like like the right energies near me type of thing. Totally. And the highest anxiety I've had before this started was that like, Imagine, you know, one or two people ask you to grab coffee like every two weeks. That was like times 10 for me of just people who were like, let's get get coffee. Let's do this. Let's be friends. Like at a party, I was used to just standing there and like I'd have to start a conversation to feel like I belong. But then people would just come up to me and be like, let's be friends. Let's talk. Let's. And I hated it. <laughs> and And my biggest anxiety each week was having to navigate saying no to people who it was like a waste of my time mm-hmm. who like i don't know and like you're just doing this it seems like for your own stuff and i have my own like job that i have to do and i hate saying no to people so i was like in this like place where i was just bitching about it like oh everyone wants me to do everything and i can't do it and then corona hit and now i was like and now no one wants me to do anything <laughs> no it's kind of amazing for that like to you don't have to like go to lunch with people or like mm-hmm. do you can just like really focus on yourself and so i'm also like i'm very similar to that like i think i'm um maybe like an extroverted introvert like, yeah, I me too. love being alone. It is like truly I look forward to like having Ugh, alone it's time. The best. But then Do you I have a pet. Yeah, I have a pug named Tony. So he's been. Oh, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, my total Corona buddy. And like Tony, 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 <laughs> Tony. <And> like, <laughs> I'm but like if I am alone too much, then things can get weird. So I have yes. like I literally recharge a little bit by going out socializing with like close friends 
laughing and then I like relish getting to go back into like my cave and regenerate by being alone so like this is a great I'm just like I'm grateful despite how much of a troll this whole situation has been and it's like Mm -hmm. not even the beginning I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in where I'm like my life is I think compared to many of the rest of the world that's dealing with this is like not nearly as affected as other people. So I'm trying to like also remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We're fortunate in that way. Yeah. And I do, I love change and I kind of like that despite like obviously the disease, I like that everyone's been shaken up to maybe like come out of this a different person and like, I don't know. There's could, I'm trying to see positives in this. Totally. (laughs) What, okay. Can I ask you about your like childhood? I want to know like what you were up to prior to going on summer house. Oh yeah. Where do you want to begin? Let's begin. Let's start. (laughs) Let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? Where where were you born and raised? I was born in Brooklyn, New York Mm -hmm. in park slope. It's like a nice, um, now neighborhood of like brownstones i went i went to school like walkable distance i didn't even go into manhattan a lot because like my neighborhood in park slope kind of has everything Mm -hmm. um and then i started playing i always was like a very silly goofy kid um i was creative i liked art and shit like that and acting but i started playing tennis around seventh grade pretty seriously or i started playing tennis and then got pretty serious in seventh grade and by eighth grade, I moved to a different school for tennis. And then by um, ninth grade, I left to go to Florida for a tennis academy. Um, if you watch Summer House, I like told this story once in the beginning. Basically, I was like ranked top 15 in the nation and I was like playing competitively. And then they played it every single episode the same interview (laughs) well it's the same interview and also the same like three pictures the same three photos like like, like a mini 30 for 30 i need more young hannah tennis content so i would love for them to like (laughs) rotate some different pics into the mix but i appreciate seeing it (laughs) and i was talking about it because i wanted to talk about how like it was a big part of my life and it was something that actually brought me a lot of anxiety i feel like other people were worried about you know coming of age and I was worried about like winning tennis matches for my ego and I was you know I had a complicated relationship with my dad because of it and I wanted to use the show because I didn't really have that many relationships with the people on the show yet to show more about me but people were just making fun of me on Twitter like if this bitch talks about tennis one more time I'm gonna kill her oh how did you play tennis no one knew and they would just like (laughs) make fun of me so anyway I joke whenever I'm on a podcast, I'm like, no one wants me to talk about it, but I did play tennis. And then, um, no, but so how do you go? How do you go from being like, you started in seventh grade? Were you encouraged to do that by your dad? Or did you just start? Were you like, I I'm into tennis, like the outfits are cute, like I want to play? Or how did you get interested? I was crazy. I was very energetic. So my parents always put me in sports and I was playing like softball, golf, basketball, tennis, soccer. And they basically told me I have to choose. And I like loved all the sports, but tennis, there's something about like being alone out there. And I loved watching like Serena Williams and I didn't love the team sports as much. And I just, and golf I liked too, but tennis, you got to run around. And my dad really loved tennis. So I kind of, I watched him playing growing up and I was like, I chose it. It was all me. And my dad was just there. Like, if you want to be great, 
like let's let's do this together like we were a team Mm -hmm. um and it did get complicated though when your dad's your coach because like at dinner you just want to have your dad but then if you lost your match like he's affected by it because like he was in it with you so was he a coach before was he a coach before um you started playing or he was like you started playing he was like i'm gonna now coach you so I come from a family of like coaches and teachers. Oh, um, my grandpa, my dad's dad was actually like a very successful basketball coach in New York City in the public schools. Like he's won like a lot of high school stuff and he didn't want to do college because he didn't want to travel. He wanted to stay with the family. But so I come, he grew up with a coach as a dad. Um, and I think he almost subconsciously wanted to show his dad that he could be a great coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he would like coach my brother. Like he was just that the dad that was coaching everyone. Yeah. Um, but to make this story kind of beautiful is that I ended up leaving Florida after two years because I was just like, I was like developing eating disorder. I was super anxious. I wasn't happy. I was just like crying all the time. <laughs> I was, I didn't, as a 15 year old girl, you're not aware that this is just anxiety. I just was like, I'm having a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to go back home. So I found a school that let me transfer like mid junior year. It was called the the Beacon School on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And they only had a boys tennis team. And the Title Nine is a, a law that says if there's no girls team, the girl is allowed to try out for the team. I made the team. We ended up like winning a bunch of you know tournaments and like the new york city souls championship and there was some controversy like there's a new york times article if you google me that like i play with the boys and rivals don't like it and it was where i first i like understood feminism because i i actually got interviewed and i was like i want to play like one of the boys and all these feminist blogs were like no you need to play like a girl and show that girls could be great and like i just realized my whole life I trained with guys. I have a brother, I have a dad, and I always was treated equal. But then now that I was on this bigger stage, I was these boys were complaining they had to play a girl and it was like not fair. And I realized like, holy shit. You know, when you're young, guys and girls are like the same. But as I was like becoming a woman, I was like, women are treated differently. <laughs> um, but the great part is I graduated and then the Public Athletic League granted my school money to start a women's a girls tennis team and my dad ended up coaching that team so it was a beautiful like full circle story wow and then i went to university of wisconsin which is where i played and actually learned how to edit videos um i was my last year i did like sports broadcasting i wanted to go pro and then like decided that it it wasn't ultimately making me happy how do you th- go pro in tennis? Like you play oh my God. in college or and then you are scouted or I have known nothing about the tennis Great. world. Well, this the tennis world is very unique in how they go pro. It's similar to like golf where guys on the football team, you get scouted, you get picked to be a team, you make it pro. They pay for all your travel. You get paid regardless. You're on salary and you do your thing. Tennis, you can start playing pro whenever. Some people will go to college first. And then you have to use your own money if you don't have like a sponsor Mm -hmm. and only like the top, top girls get sponsors, like top three in the nation. So you have to use your own money to travel every week to a different tournament. You only get paid if you win. You have to pay for your coaches, your all your rackets, your stringing, your shoes, your outfits. And then like hopefully as you win more, you get more sponsors. But it's like 
that's also why I think the sport has such a like class difference. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't want to lose a shit ton of money just to prove that I could play on tour. And you only really make money if you're in the top 200 in the world. Where like, I thought I could have made like top 600, top 700. And I, top 600 doctor or top 600 like, you know, actress is doing pretty well, I feel like. Yeah, totally. But like, <laughs> but in tennis it wasn't like that so i had to my whole life i you as an athlete you're just taught to like numb your own emotions like whether you're tired or nervous or scared just listen to what other people want and i had kind of epiphany and i was like you know what i think before sports i had other interests so let's see what they are how did that and go over we went, with your family were they like they chill were, about it or i think it's great to like know that background about me so people understand why my parents are so cool with me now like posting ridiculous shit on instagram and like doing a reality show because we got to the point with our family where they were just like hannah we love you regardless of whether you're like successful not we just want you to be happy like we got to that point in the family (laughs) i love it (laughs) sometimes you just have to push it to that point and then you can even it out afterwards yeah, because I was like, Dad, I feel like I don't have unconditional love from you. Like, when I win, you love me. When I, I lose, I feel like you don't love me. And we just had to, like, work some shit out where my dad was just like, I fucking love you regardless. And my mom's just like, whatever you choose, just we support you. So people, they, they're they like, your parents are crazy that they let you do this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. We've been through a lot together. <laughs> well, but also, like, parents don't, like, let you do anything after a certain period of time like after you turn exactly. 18 you're just doing stuff it's not like Fuck you, you get mom and dad. exactly but i think that my parents are abnormally supportive like they listen to every podcast i'm on which is insane because i am i love that the shit that i say is just out of control and they just laugh and but i think overall i want parents to be more connected with their kids and that like yeah we have sex i'm 28 years old dad i have sex or like yeah my humor's crazy so was your humor you gave it from me so like that's why i think i love that my parents are like on this journey with me and not just like oh how's your weird career going like they're very supportive hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm really new to Summer House. Like, I just started watching Ooh. a month ago. And, like... That's exciting. Tons of people were like, you need to watch the show. Like, I kept hearing how good it was. And then I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, I'm obsessed. Like... Where did you start? I started at season... I started... I watched the first episode of season three and then season four premiered. So I Uh, binged the rest of season three and have been watching season four like week to week as it rolls out. Amazing. I think you did it. The tough thing with Summer House, I think, first of all, the way they promoted it was like this weird um, 
extended Vanderpump episode. Yeah, which I was like, do you remember? I'm, oh, I remember because I have another podcast on Sexy Unique podcast that's all about yes. reality TV, and so that yes. started as a Vanderpump Rules recap like podcast. And so uh-huh. Vanderpump is like one of my favorite shows of all time, but I have opinions. It's mine about too, it. and it's also like yes, it's very it's very dark to me like it's a kind of like dark sad reality show and summer yes. house like i only have the bandwidth for like one super dark reality show at a time you know what i mean <laughs> and like yeah. i was under the impression that summer house was like that gonna be that same ish vibe but also you can never like the way the darkness of Vanderpump Rules is such that it cannot just be replicated. So I just rejected no. Summer House. I was like, and the complexity I'm not doing of their it. relationships. Yeah, you're like, I yeah. can't do this again like, with I'm just not like doing preppy it. Like, people. Yeah, yeah, it's like too preppy. There's like too many white people. Like I can't. And then people were like, No, you really need to like just watch it, just watch it. And so finally, I did. And then I was like, Wait, this is like the perfect yin yang to Vanderpump Rules because. Vanderpump Rules literally is like boiling. It's like a boiling lava in a volcano. (laughs) And Summer House is like the island of Hawaii that the volcano is on. Like Summer House is like a joyful explosion of just like happiness. It's kind of like it almost feels like a fantasy because it's like summer vacation all the friends like get together every weekend they can like escape and they have drama but it doesn't it never really edges into territory where you're like sad about it like it kind of has like a very light tone to it and so i'm just like loving it it has become my like escapist like vacation that makes me so happy because it it does have that escape that people need right now so but i think a lot of people felt tricked during the vanderpump how it transitioned to the first episode of summer house people were like i did not sign up for this i didn't consent for this and the first episode was kind of a mess and that and i think people um, just like immediately were like fuck summer house and not into it and it's taken us at least two seasons i was new season three yeah and i think like season three did okay but i think season three was great but the ratings didn't reflect it and now for the first time ever great Mm mm-hmm Thank you. The first, I'm like, thank you. I'll take all credit for that. And <laughs> season four, season four, I'm telling you, it, it, it is the most epic. We have so much stuff. You know, some reality shows where you're like, how is this the storyline for the whole thing? Mm-hmm. We have so many shit going on in one episode that I can't even like handle it all. And it's great to hear how I feel like we've had to get people who tried the show, did not like it to then like get them back. And I'm starting to see people come back around and it's, I don't know, it's, it makes me happy because it, and it is that lighter drama. Yeah. It's a that's rena- relatable. A I think you're like, my friend fucking Stephanie does that. And I hate when Stephanie does like people <laughs> literally are like asking me for advice for like friend fights. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I also just appreciate how much you guys drink yet. Never seem to look hungover. It's like truly oh shocking to me. Well, a little fun fact is like, they always have the hidden cameras, but like the big cameras don't come out till like 10 mm-hmm. or 11. Cause like, what are you really getting before 10 a.m.? Let's be honest. <laughs> we're not, we're not functioning. <laughs> we're waking up, we're waking up late. But to wrap that back around, I was, had my own dark period, like from like 22 to 25. I was doing cold calling sales. I like, 
tried marketing because I thought it would be more creative, but it was even more boring. Was this after college? This is after college, my okay. first couple of jobs. So you graduated like, when you graduated, and then did you move back to New York? Yeah. So my last semester, I was like learning how to edit and did some sports broadcasting because I'm like, I know sports. And I was, it was fun, but I was like, I don't want to go to a small market and move to like Kansas City. And I was like, I just miss my family and I just want to be in New York City. But deep down, like the whispers in my head were like, you love being in front of a camera, but I kind of ignored it and was like, you can't make money from that. Like, whatever. Learned real totally. quick that I don't care about making money because <laughs> like sales, I was doing well and I would go to the bathroom and like just be miserable and just sit there for like an hour because I didn't want to go back on the phones and I was doing well. And uh, that's the thing with tennis too. Like I was always doing well, but it doesn't mean it's what you're meant to do just because you're good at something, which is a hard thing for us to like comprehend because people around you are like, this is great. So I quit my job and I actually met this comedian and we started dating and he was very inspirational and like I didn't know I wanted to do comedy at the time but we just had so much fun together and I watched his life which was like podcast during the day stand up at night filming like random fun stuff and then we ended up breaking up and it was a really hard breakup on me and I got really depressed and that's when I started Vanderpump from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And did it have the effect on you where you were like, God, these people's lives are way worse than mine. Like I feel better. (laughs) I literally would work my butt off all day, go home, shut the light, put the covers over my head, watch Vanderpump. And I was so invested in all their shit that I like would forget about my shit. And I would, I've literally said this, I've met like Sheena and I are kind of friends now, which is hilarious. I can't believe it. But I'd be like, Sheena, you got me through my depression. And she's like, thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't get it, but you did. Cause I just was, I just started from the beginning and did all the seasons. And I, by the end of it, I was kind of out of my depression. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good for, and especially those early seasons are like oh, magical. Gold, if you're in a dark gold. place, like there is, maybe nothing darker than the lives these people are leading. And I, I found it in a similar place in my life where I was just like, Oh my God, like this makes me feel so much better. And it's like distracting from all the shit that I'm going on. And then also it's like, I could talk about it for hours. So yeah, it gives you so And also they really were like at a place with reality TV that it could like fuck up their lives that they were doing this show. So there wasn't that like, well, they're going to get a million followers. Like it wasn't that back then. Yeah. And that's why almost Vanderpump's different now. You're right. That was so great because all their lives were such a mess. And now you're like, they're showing that their lives are like kind of getting together and people are like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I love it. <laughs> I have to be honest. Like I I'm like, want... Kristen bought a house. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I want messiness at all times. And then, but it was also really weird to watch like on season three when they bring of summer house, when they bring like the Vanderpump crew into your guys's zone, it feels yeah. really wrong to me personally. Like I'm like, it was interesting because we like actually didn't, I think it was a panic thing. Like let's get Vanderpump. It'll help ratings mm-hmm. but like once they got there we had so much stuff going on that we really didn't need them there yeah like they just were watching us like get into it with each other about like our stuff and it just i don't know it was a fun experience like i'm obsessed with them and i felt like i was around reality tv royalty but 
it's hard to just bring four people into your friend group and be like, give opinions. <laughs> yeah. And you could tell that like sometimes a producer is like, okay, now you guys are going to talk on the porch about X, exactly. Y, Z. And I'm like, I hate that. I can smell it from like a mile away. And that's why I think Summer House is so good because we rarely do that. Like you see most of the best stuff is captured with the hidden cameras. Yeah. That's the gold that other reality shows I don't think always capture. Um, and you get to see those little, it has like a, a good humor to it, which I love. But, um, I started after my depression. I, I was working for Betches, which is this media company where I actually like, I call it Betches Bootcamp where I was writing like, tons of memes a day they uh, they were looking for a video producer and i was like i have no experience but i have all these funny ideas mm -hmm. and it was actually jordan from summer house who was working there who i had this is why i love manifestation i had just been i met him at some like casting call for a tennis thing because he does some fitness modeling and i was like i want to get into video he found me on linkedin six months later and was like betches is looking for a video producer with five years experience i was like i don't have that but i submitted a video they were like we'll pay you 300 dollars a week just come in and i was like this is it this is my start into you know i wanted to be like have a i don't know i didn't know what i wanted but i wanted to be in entertainment and i loved video production yeah and i started making videos some of them started to go viral where it was just like me and like a camera guy but i was putting it on their page and people were receiving it well and i was that's how i started to write my tweets and then i started tweeting my own stuff on my own page to start to get momentum and then summer house called me cuz i had met the summer house cast cuz i'd interviewed them when i worked at betches i was working for betches around like a year and a half at that point and i think they were looking for a new casting group and my name was thrown around because i knew the cast like i see them around and i did some interviews with them and then i got fired from betches <laughs> before you got on summer house no i got on summer house i survived the summer working with them it didn't affect my job and then right before it aired they told me um basically it wasn't gonna work out anymore why like, because okay. because of summer they house or no they said I was distracted and um, that wasn't the case. And it just was kind of those things where I thought I was going to work for Betches for the rest of my life. And then I think I kind of hit a ceiling there where like I started my own podcast. I had, I was, my own page had like 50,000 followers and I don't think they knew where they wanted me to fit in. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of you're like me eclipsing the, the, them organically. So it seems. But like they were huge. They had six million followers, but I guess they weren't used to having someone within the company who was like getting their own stuff. And they could have tried to monetize me or been like, okay, Hannah, let's have you do like recaps on Summer House and recaps on Bravo. I don't know. They could have done a million things. But the point is, is my ego hurt. But then I realized, oh, then doors started opening. I started to meet more people. And I, that's how I started to get back into the comedy community. I didn't know if I wanted to do stand up because that's what my ex did. And, and I just was like, I don't know if people want to hear me talk for an hour. That sounds, I don't even want to hear myself talk for an hour. I hate my own thoughts. But then eventually enough people were like, do you, oh, Burning in Hell, my podcast, Caroline's from New York City reached out to me. I'm giving you all the deets. I love and all the said, deets. I'm giving you all the details. We have time. We have, <laughs> we time. have time on our hands. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I have nothing to do. <laughs> you and I hope Tony's enjoying this. So I was like, they said, do you want to do a live podcast at Caroline's, which is like a very cool. famous comedy club in New York City? And I was like, yes. And my friend was like, 
you need to start it off with a with a monologue of some kind she's like you should do 10 minutes of stand-up and i was like oh my god and i was like okay just for the show i'm gonna do 10 minutes of stand-up i looked at like all my old tweets i put the funniest ones together i i made some of them like larger jokes some just buttons of jokes add some tags and then the first time I did stand up was in front of 250 people at Caroline's. Oh my God. Had um, you done, you'd never done it before. I'd never done it. I practiced in front of my friends, but I just, I remembered, I just was like, fuck it. I'm weirdly like safe in a lot of things, but then crazily risky in other things. It's like when I know I can do it. And the show was so fun. I had a bunch of guests, but then afterwards everyone was like the best part. We loved your stand up in the beginning. And it was the first time, like, tennis, I was used to so much anxiety with performance. I dealt with so much performance anxiety. But this, I felt, like, like safe on stage. I felt like I was just talking to, you know, my friend over coffee. And it was this weird comfort that I wasn't used to when it came to performing. And I got the bug. Mm-hmm. So then I, I worked on getting it to 20 minutes, just, like, by myself, not doing stuff during the week yet and i did that in um i think i went to boston and did that i had like a mini tour i did boston long island and philly and then i was told my agent i was like can you connect me with some like local clubs i want to start doing like bar shows just to work on material and then i just started doing my podcast during the day stand up at night and then i i basically launched this tour and it was starting i did dc and then i just did la and san francisco and then corona hit and i had like all these cities planned fuck but yeah. it's, but it's okay because i feel like i have time now to even make it better i just want to you know they were it's all postponed and it's that's all okay. postponed yeah i had the same thing i was doing um sex unique podcast like a mini tour kind of to amazing start out and i got one show done at the roxy and then corona took everyone and everyone's lives and threw them in the trash so now (laughs) (laughs) postpone but i'm also like this will give us a chance to like make it better i think i can add a lot more cities to like the next tour and so it's just like let's get through this and get to the other side for sure and i i don't see it as all as, as them being canceled but like i'm gonna do some more writing and you also really know what you enjoy you're like okay what do i miss right now mm-hmm. and um you you know sometimes in life you feel like you're just in like a hamster wheel you're just like in a washing machine getting thrown around and now you get to actually make some like decisions which is cool yeah um but yeah that's my life story <laughs> you're so ambitious I love the like, thank, it just seems you. like you're, you, you fired up in such a way over like from Betches to doing Summer House to like, I assume you probably got an agent during that time and you started your podcast mm-hmm. and started stand up. Like, it's just like, it seems like you fire on all cylinders when you know you want to do something. Yeah. It was almost like after college, I felt like a horse that like didn't know in a stable that didn't know where to run and the second i was like found my thing i was like let's fucking go but it also stems i think i started my podcast burning in hell it's like a mental health comedy podcast because just because you're really successful and like or just because you're really driven doesn't mean you're mentally healthy (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think working at betches yeah, working at Betches and dealing with a lot of reality TV people, I was like, wait, all these people have what like everyone thinks they want, like money or fame or boyfriends or whatever. 
And I'm like, they're all fucking psychotic. So my podcast is where I sit down with people, even like, for example, Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing. Mm -hmm. He is so wealthy. He has this amazing family. And he's like, Hannah, I am like this. I work out every day and I work so hard because I have a constant fear that it's all going to go to an end and I'll be worthless without it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you talked to a therapist about that. (laughs) But it's so like with me, my thing is, I guess I always feel like I'm more loved when I'm accomplishing things and it stems from tennis Mm -hmm. and I'm working on it and working on less like expectation for myself and more just working on intentions. Like my intention is like, I want to make people laugh and I want to be happy and I want to create as opposed to expectation, which is you should have a Netflix, a Netflix special next year. You should, you know, have this many followers. So I'm working on my shit, but my drive is like sometimes also my demon. If yeah. that makes sense. Did And you think yeah. that that all stem or mostly stems from like all your tennis training? Yeah. But even before tennis, I was always like the psycho driven kid who like wanted to like do the best she could do in everything so it's probably just genetic mm-hmm. and i also think i do from come from like a immigrant family like i'm half italian half like eastern european where there's like immigrants coming to new york city you just have that like natural anxiety of like needing to make it yeah it's like <laughs> but then also you have a sense of DNA. humor yeah but it's also it makes great comics because we're like always complaining and um (laughs) and like you find humor in the tough times i think a lot of immigrants did and that's why i think the coasts have a lot of funny people yeah so uh, let's do a little bit of reader mail and that's where i get people to write into the pod and sometimes they ask for advice and sometimes they just want to share their own funny stories but i'm going to read a couple of those emails now awesome um Hi, Lara and potential quarantine guest. I'm (laughs) too brain dead this morning to properly send you some lol mail, but I was hoping that you could help spread a helpful tip. Anyone living in California, please go through your earthquake bag to find some supplies. My bag had 50 N95 masks and a box of latex gloves. I used the website findthemasks.com to find a hospital here in LA that I could properly donate them to. The site lists hospitals in every state accepting donations, what their drop-off protocol is, and what gear they'll take. Sending you love and light. Hope the big one doesn't hit. (laughs) Yeah, me (laughs) fucking too. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of people now who are picking up N95 masks. I found this girl on Twitter. I can link that in like the podcast description who literally just like DMs with you and then comes and picks up any extras and she drops them off to the hospital for you, which is like wow, a perfect Postmates mask opportunity. So you guys all have like a um an emergency bag in California yeah. for earthquakes and stuff? Um you're encouraged to. Like I didn't really have one until this past summer when like two earthquakes hit in a week and then i was just like oh fuck God. and i like panic amazoned an entire kit like i just put my own together and mm-hmm. so it's like a little backpack with you know like 12 cliff bars <laughs> i think some. Chips. i would eat it in the first week i'd <laughs> yeah. just be like oh those cliff bars <laughs> um matches batteries a knife like just all sorts of stuff wild see we don't have them these coasts we don't get like all the yeah crazy stuff (laughs) so then i'm on top of any sort of like corona anxiety that i'm having there's like earthquake anxiety where i'm like if the big one hit now it would be just like the most fucked up thing to ever happen so 
when you say the big one is it the one that like everyone's been waiting to happen for years yeah it's like you know every so often an article will come out that's like there's gonna be a huge earthquake that kills millions of people like any day now and like i don't necessarily yeah i don't necessarily subscribe to that so much but Mm -hmm. like i also i also just really don't want to die or be like brutally injured in an earthquake yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. That sounds way less fun. Like, I'd actually rather get coronavirus <laughs> and then, like, end up in a hospital for a little bit, but then make it out alive than be yeah. any sort of, like, trapped in an earthquake scenario. Don't love that. No. Yeah. Don't love it at all. Um. So, yeah, fi- go to... What was that website? Let me see. Findthemasks.com. Donate your masks. Keep one for yourself. Donate the rest. That's what I did. Hell yeah. Dear Lara and TBD guest. First, thank you for bringing back Babe for the time being. These are scary times and I so desperately need the lols. I'm not sure exactly what my question is, but I think writing about this might help me navigate my situation. I'm a married 31-year-old woman. My husband and I have been together for seven years. I'm happy with him in our life. He's a great man and a fantastic father. Here's my problem. I can't stop fantasizing about being with women. I openly dated women before my husband and I got together. I had one serious girlfriend and some flings. I'm not ashamed of being bisexual, but I feel so wrong for dreaming about being with someone else. I don't want other men at all, only women. I also don't want to leave my husband, but I just can't shake these feelings. From an outside perspective, am I a huge babe for basically dreaming about being with someone other than my husband? If you were in my situation, how would you handle these thoughts? Love and light. Ooh. Wow. I love interesting this question. Um I would say you're definitely not a babe. Monogamy is like a full time job, and I think a lot of people aren't naturally cut out for that. Um I think it's totally fine and normal to fantasize about being with someone other than one person for the rest of your life. So don't judge yourself for that. I would say, I mean, I don't know what, how, what your guys relationship is like, but I feel like if I was really having these feelings or like my partner was really having these feelings, I would want them to come to me and like talk to me about them and like, see if we can't work out a situation where, I mean, maybe you need to be allowed to like sleep with a woman or date women. Like there's a lot of solves to this problem. And I think if you guys put your head together and just openly communicate about it, you can figure out like a happy medium. You're so good at advice. Holy shit. That was real quick and real logical. (laughs) I'm like giving drunk advice. I'm like, fuck him. Like he doesn't understand you. Um, It's interesting that she's lying to find a hottie, eat her out. (laughs) (laughs) Bring her home, introduce her to the kids. (laughs) But it's interesting that she's not attracted to other um, dudes. But it, it sounds like, first of all, do you, sometimes your mind is playing tricks on you like maybe you just kind of want what you can't have right now and make sure it's like maybe real thing and it's not just you being bored in corona times um and i would i do think communicating is better than like you sketchily like messaging some girl on a dating app for a while like i feel like that you'd feel messy and you'd feel dirty yeah and i don't know like 
everyone is so different in their sexuality like maybe he wants a threesome but maybe she doesn't want a threesome maybe she wants an actual hookup alone with a girl i don't know but i am worried of communicating like if there wasn't really an issue and then saying something he book starts getting worried like every girl that walks by you're trying to fuck her yeah um i mean i think it's okay like if you guys can have an open dialogue about it i mean maybe it's even there's a reason that there's so many sex workers like maybe it's like you have a date with like a sex worker and then you get to like have that out of your system and it's not like you're needing the it's not like you need the emotional element of having a girlfriend maybe you just like want to hook up with a chick and so then that's an option and it sounds like she's happy with him which is like the hardest thing (laughs) to find a husband that you're happy with so if you really emphasize that to him like i'm so happy in this relationship but like this is my feeling like live your truth and i think your truth will always put you in the right place yeah hopefully it's where you want to be near a vagina i don't know yeah i think maybe it's <laughs> it makes sense like if you're bisexual i don't know how like i feel like the best relationship or like the best case scenario would be that you could navigate those feelings within a relationship and kind of separate like the sexuality and like the sexual element from your relationship because sometimes those are two totally different things and sometimes i mean sometimes they're merged but uh, oftentimes in this what sounds like it's your case they're very separate like your feelings for wanting to have sex with a woman has nothing to do with like the state of your relationship i also think if anyone would understand finding girls attractive it would be your husband true he gets it (laughs) (laughs) great point (laughs) good luck let me know how it goes i want yeah now i'm invested i know i need follow-up and also i've heard this before like other i've heard other women who are married be like i used to have relationship with women and i miss it so like she's not in some absurd like weird crazy situation no you're absolutely not alone it's normal do maybe some work about taking any sort of shame out of this situation because you just you truly have nothing to be ashamed about Hmm. Um. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the pod, Hannah. I so enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun to dig deep into my life and <laughs> um, <laughs> reflect on Corona. I love a reflection on Corona in these boring and troubled times. Um, we are gonna do a little Patreon episode for the patrons of the pod, which you can get if you go to patreon.com slash slash babe podcast. Write me any of your corona questions. If your friends are babing out, write me about that. Write me about how you're babing out during these times. Babe podcast at gmail.com. Hannah, where can they find you and follow you? You guys can follow me at Being Burns, B-E-I-N-G-B-E-R-N-Z on Instagram and Twitter. And then if um, you want to check out my podcast, it's Burning in Hell, B-E-R-N. It's a pun on my last name. Um, and yeah, I would promote some stand-up shows coming up, but not for now, but it, they will be on HannahBurner.com if you ever want to come. I love it. <laughs> um, well, thanks again, and we'll see you in the bonus episode. Bye. Bye. Babe?
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.